you guys enjoy are you who I, i'm sure you enjoy watching movies that have a twist I don't know about you, or, or or maybe, or are you, or maybe you're the type of person you like the predictable and like happy endings. But I kind of, I really do enjoy watching certain movies or certain series or whatever where it's kind of like it hits you where you're like, no, like oh, I did not see that coming, you know? Like, and, uh, you may not wa enjoy watching movies with me because I'm the kind of guy that will try to out loud talk about it and figure out, oh no, this is what's gonna happen. Yep, that's the bad guy. Nope, I don't trust him, I don't trust him. You know, I'm that kind of guy when I watch, and so um, Sam and Blue get to just feel that. Um, I, I'll try not to do that if I ever watch a movie with you guys, but um, there is something I think I wondered when I was sitting in the shoes of Theophilus who's reading the book of Acts, you know, and you almost wonder, um, like, they did not, he did, I wonder if Theophilus was like, no, I did not see this coming. I don't think Saul saw this coming. I mean, he was on the road to Damascus to murder Christians, stop the gospel from advancing, and then Jesus stops him, right? And we're going to also see, we've already seen that there's another guy, Ananias, who did not see that. Like, it's just, whoa, twist ending. Like, I did not see that coming. But I, I do love that when it, when it comes to the power of the gospel and salvation and conversion, it really is. It's a it's a miraculous thing. It's a mystery. It's like, I, I think if we were to look around in this room, all of us who are alive in Christ would say, I did not see that coming, right? Because we saw last week that God pursued Saul. Saul did not pursue God. As we continue to walk through Saul's conversion, uh, something I hope for the Lord to open our eyes to tonight is to see marks of true conversion. You know, our conversion stories, our testimonies may not all be as dramatic as the Apostle Saul, Paul or Saul. But this is a great case study to truly understand and examine ourselves to see if Christ really is in us. There's three things I hope for us to see as we walk through this text. When you're truly converted, or when you're truly reborn, or when you go from death to life, from blind to sight, from non-Christian to Christian, from child of the devil to child of God, when you're converted, the first thing is you are a new creation. You're a new creature. We're seeing that in Saul. He's, he's not Saul anymore, the, the Saul on the road who is breathing threats. We're going to see he has a new identity. He's a new creature. We're also going to see that when you're truly converted, you have a new calling. Saul has a new calling to carry the name of Christ. He's a new creation in Christ. He has a new calling, and then he's a part of a new community. He has a new family. Ananias' brother, Saul. So we're going to see that. New creation, new calling, new community. And I, and I wonder, that's why perhaps for, for a lot of us, especially this is why it's so important, um, why in our church membership steps, for, we're, we're voting in two sisters this Sunday to join our church, but the very first step that we do very carefully, or we try our utmost to do, is help those who join understand their conversion. We want them to see that they are in fact truly Christian. And as we continue to journey together in community, that's what we're constantly doing together. We're helping each other examine ourselves to see if we truly are saved. And so anyway, new creation, new calling, new community. Marks of a true convert to Christianity. So let's walk through the text. Those are the three main things I hope us to see. We'll see some other things along the way. We'll pick it up at verse 10. It says this. Now, there's a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Now, this is not the Ananias, obviously, from chapter 5, right? Not Ananias in Sapphira. This is a different Ananias in, in Damascus. 
And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and then I like this, Ananias said, here I am. Just, just a little background about this guy so we can kind of get a, a better visual. He's a, he is a devout Christian in Damascus. Uh, tradition says that he was probably the bishop of Damascus um, and that he was also martyred. That's what tr tradition says. But we later hear when Saul retells his testimony in the book of Acts chapter 22, I believe, he says that he is a devout man, well spoken of by all the Jews. So this guy had a, a very great reputation. He was a devout disciple. He had a personal relationship with Christ. When Jesus spoke, he's like, here I am, right? So this is Ananias, solid, upstanding believer and ready to draw near at the Lord's call. Verse 11, and the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. Such a cool street. <laughs> And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he's praying. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias. You come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Verse 13, but Ananias answered, Hey, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. We'll pause there for a bit. I want us to, let's, let's look at Ananias for a little bit, then we'll look at Saul. But I want us to see that Ananias had no problem coming to Christ, but he does have a problem obeying. Do you see that? Ananias, here I am, no problem coming near. But when does the hesitation come? Rise and go. Quick to come, slow to go. Quick to hear, but not so eager to obey once the calling. Once the word of God starts to become a little bit more clear, there's a little bit more hesitation. Isn't that so true with us, though? We hear the word of God, it gets more clear as to what he is saying and what he is calling us to do. And that's when we start to say, oh, all excited to wake up and get into the quiet time mode. And yeah, John, you're here. Here I am, Lord. And then when the Lord, it starts to actually like, okay, this is rise and go and do this. It's where it's I imagine just, you know, Ananias hearing the Lord in a vision, and he's like, yeah, I'm here. What's up? And, or maybe not what's up. You know, he probably didn't talk to the Lord like that. He's more reverent. But, and you almost, you know, like, you hear the conversation going, okay, you know, Ananias, I, here I am, Lord. And then he starts to, okay, I want you to go um, to the, uh, the, the street called Straight. He said, oh, okay, yeah, I know where that street is. Yeah, cool street. Grew up playing on that street, you know. Go to Judas's house. Oh, yes, I love Judas's house. You always get food. I'm, I'm down. You know, he's like, okay, okay. Go to Judas's house. And then, okay, you're going to look for a man. Oh, yeah, from Tarsus. Tarsus, Tarsus, that sounds familiar. Yeah, his name is Saul. And then you start to hear Ananias kind of just silence out, right? And, and then I want you to go lay on hands, hands on him. And you almost just sense this. To the point of, but Lord, have you heard? I mean, I've heard many people been, before we move on, like just, I don't know. I don't know where we're at personally or even as a church. Quick to hear, but slow to go. And I'm excited because one of the things I believe the Lord Jesus is trying to communicate to Ananias, who is also a sinner saved by grace, because he doesn't correct him. And he doesn't say, oh, you know, Jesus isn't like, oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, Saul, yeah, what am I thinking? 
He says, rise and go. Ananias, this is exactly what. Yes, I know. I'm not correcting what you're saying. Exactly. And as we get, he's a new creature. You're looking at, you're regarding him according to the flesh. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh. But if any man be in Christ, behold a what? New creation. Ananias doesn't see it though. He doesn't see it just yet. Ananias, maybe he has forgotten that Jesus said, I have come not to call the righteous, but the sinners. Maybe Ananias forgot that the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. And yeah, even Saul. Even those, those people. I don't know, but maybe has some of us forgotten, perhaps. Something that I really hope and pray that the Lord Jesus instructs us this evening is to, to really open our eyes, we've been singing that, to who he is and then to who we are. Because I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how much of us, we have no problem responding to the grace of God on us. And when he does it to someone else, we say, but Lord, and you don't know how bad he is. You know how messed up she is. You don't know what she's done. I know what she's done. Oh, Ananias, we're just like him, though. Uh, a good prayer to pray is, Lord, help us to see you for who you are and help us to see one another for who we are. If any man be in Christ, behold, he's a new creature. Let's move over to Saul, and we're going to see evidences of this new creation. So he says, I want you to go lay hands on this man. We're going to come back to the whole chosen instrument stuff in just a bit, but let's, let's pick it up. It says, behold, we're going to pick up on the, the observation my sister brought up, which I think Ananias missed as well. Ananias, he's praying. Remember in Paul's letter to the Philippian church, he's like, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee. As for, you know, like he was, I'm sure he, like that other Pharisee in Luke 18, he would have boasted in how much he prays. But this is different now. Because who is Saul praying to now? Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Messiah. See, when you're a new creation in Christ, one of the first signs of regeneration, one of the first signs that you are a new creature is you have a real awareness of Christ in prayer. In all honesty, I could stay here all night and talk about prayer right here and just stop. But it's an amazing thing. Like, I'm just trying to imagine three days blind, no food, no drink. I, I want to hear recordings or see journal entries of his prayers. I can't imagine how, how heavy and deep that was because we know what this man has done. He has blood on his hands. He has images of relishing at other brothers in Christ dying and him saying, right on, do it. He was just breathing murderous threats on a road. And now this wolf, this raging lion is so humbled to this bleeding sheep. He's blind and broken and he's in a house and he's praying. And I just imagine him just like, I have no words, Lord. Forgive me. Have mercy. Have mercy. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, Christ. I just imagine tears and tears and songs of praise to Christ the Lord this whole time. Just, it's a wild thing to imagine. What was he praying like those three days? He's a new creature. Romans chapter 8, in which he writes later as the apostle, verse 14 to 16, he says, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, in whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Do you know this? Do you know this awareness of Christ in prayer? When we pray, when we sing, when you're alone in your closet, in your room, in your car, do you know that? Like, does your spirit bear witness that you are, he is father. He is, you are a child of God. See, in conversion, you become a new creation, a whole new beast. You have new desires, new affections. Saul is in Damascus. Just days before this, he was probably premeditating how he's going to lock up and murder Christians. He's there now. He could, have, he could have told his entourage, okay, guys, I'm blind, but you know what? Get the business. He could have. On the Damascus Road, after the encounter with Jesus, even though he's blind, he could have just started thinking to himself, now, you know, we're already this way. Let's, let's do this thing. But what happened? He had a heart transplant. His heart of stone went to a heart of flesh. There was real new creation. There was a new change. His encounter with Christ changed him dramatically. That is conversion. And that's why he pleads with the, the Corinthian church, examine yourselves. Brothers, sisters, friends, please, I'm pleading tonight. Don't, don't, don't just assume, like really examine. It, is, do you have a new heart? Deep down in your soul, do you cry out a father? Do you know you're a child of God because of Christ's righteousness, not your own? This is what the Lord is going to be solidifying in Saul, in these prayers, and then through the help of the church. Saul was an enemy with Ananias. It's amazing. Now in Christ, they're going to be one. Remember, they're praying to the same Jesus. We're going to see foe go to family. And I want us to really see that a lot of this Christian unity is beginning in prayer. Ananias is praying. Saul is praying. We want to see real deep Christian unity in our church ohana here. Let's go into the presence of our King, Lord Jesus, the same Jesus together. Same Jesus, same gospel, same faith. We're all saved by the same grace. And when we approach and draw near and that regeneration truly happens, it's an amazing thing how regardless of our differences and our backgrounds, we're going to see Ananias and Saul, they're brothers. Anyway, the first thing we see, though, Saul is a new creation. Let's keep going. Verse 15. And the Lord said to him, to Ananias, go, he is a chosen instrument. That's big, big, big words right there. He's chosen, right? And the apostle Paul goes off 
on teaching about being chosen, elected, selected, picked out by God. It's a marvelous grace. Remember, remember who picked who? God picked Saul. If you're a born-again believer in this, it's an amazing thing. You are chosen. And not of anything that we are, what we've done. He sure did not choose Saul because Saul was awesome. That's a fine young man right there. I'm going to pick him on my team. Oh, he's the worst of sinners, 1 Timothy 1.15. It's an amazing grace. Guys, these are, these are things you've got to read and really ask the Lord to open my eyes to seeing that. He writes in Ephesians 1, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That's not. He also says he's an instrument of mine. That's, that's a cool word right there. He's an instrument. He's a vessel, an implement in, in, of mine. Mine. He's, I, he belongs to me, and I'm going to use him. When you're truly converted, you're not only a new creation, you have a new calling. You have a new belonging. He's a chosen instrument to carry the name. I, I, I had the hardest, I still have, sometimes I struggle with believing that God would choose and use a wretch like me. You struggle with that? Well, read the Bible. And help, Lord, help us all repent. He has a new, he's a new creation. He has a new calling. We sang this tonight, Ephesians chapter 2. Chapter <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship. His workmanship. We belong to him. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Paul is penning this, knowing this full well in his own life. I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. He didn't just save me to save me. He saved me to send me, and he's sending me to the nations, to the kings, to the Gentiles, and to the sons of Israel. Romans chapter 6, verse 13, it says, Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. That's conversion. If you're truly converted, you are now members of God as instruments of righteousness. Do you believe this about ourselves? Do we believe this about one another? You're not just an instrument. You're his instrument, and he is going to use you. Use you for what? For your glory? No. God's not saving Saul and Judas and Ananias and all these boys to start a hip church plan on straight street. And just be all stoked about that and make it all about Saul's epic conversion and Ananias' amazing anointing to take scales off eyes and Judas's good cooking. It's not about them. Why is God doing all this for any of them? To carry his name to the nations. Why is God doing anything in our lives and saving us by sovereign grace in this place? Not to make New Water Baptist Church something hip and cool. Not to blow up on a podcast. This is all for his name. Why his name? Because Acts 4.12 said that there's no other name under heaven which man is saved. 
Remember Acts chapter 1, verse 8? You need to be my witnesses. You need to tell people about me, my name, what I've done. Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth. Great commission. Go make disciples of what? All nations. That's all of our calling. I love how Luke words carry the name. You know, when um, you know, we, we when we had church sports, you know, pre-COVID stuff, we're praying that it comes back. But you know, when we had church sports, you know, if you were to in basketball world just to rep our new Uwanu Baptist jersey, in basketball world, that's kind of just like that. Eh, what is that new NBC? But then if you start to walk around with a UH jersey, like a legit one, as if you're on the team, it's kind of like, whoa. Like when T is a runner for UH, I'm just like, whoa, that's kind of cool. But then if I were to walk around with a, a Lakers jersey with my, like with, with like a legit one, there's this sense of, oh, you play for the Lakers. Yeah, bro, only five foot eight local boy in the NBA. You know, like when I was playing soccer, you know, like ASO, it's exciting to, get, to figure out, oh, what's our team name going to be? Oh, the Dragons, yeah, you know, and then it's kind of cute. You know, you get to high school, you rep your high school name, and it kind of, then it starts to matter a little bit. I had to play state team, go play against the other states. That was kind of cool, travel, play against California versus Hawaii. What's up? And then when I was able to play for the region, that was exciting because if I got noticed, then I could try out for the national team. You notice that when the level or the, the higher the degree of the name, there's, the, there's a sense of weightiness, that, I know, a sense of like, oh, my responsibility that comes when you carry a, a particular name. Guys, Saul is being called to carry the name above all names, the name that at every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and confess that Jesus Christ, like this name is Lord. I just, I, I want us to read it and really understand what is happening for, for the Christian convert, it's no small thing to say you are a Christian. That's not a throwaway thing. Well, when we get to that chapter 11, the disciples were called Christians. They carried the name above all names. My parents are here tonight, and I love that they named me Christopher, but there was a time in my life where I didn't like that name. And the only reason was because I had friends that had really cool exotic names like Dot, and stuff like that. I was like, that's such a cool name. I'm just Chris, you know. And and I, I never and I for for so for ever since high school time, I just was like, I had this deep struggle to want a real cool exotic name, like like Zion, or like you know like like Sovereign, or, or you know no, no, just as a cool name and, and a power, you know. And and so, but then I was a preschool teacher for about seven years before I went into full time ministry and. Um, when, when I put in my two weeks and they were having this ceremony for me to leave, to stop teaching, um, my director gave me a plaque with my name on it. And, and she had my name, the definition of my name, and it was broken up. Christopher, Christopher, bearer of Christ. And, uh, and, and so when I looked into it, I was like, it's supposed to be the guy that lifts up the banner of Christ. I, I carry the name high enough for everyone else to see. Ever since that day, I love my name. And, and I tremble because I, I say, Lord, if I could only live up to it. It's no small thing to carry the name of Christ. 
Saul's calling is to take the name of Christ to the nations, to the kings, to the sons of Israel. Our calling, great commission by our Lord. If you are a Christian, you are called and I called to carry the name. Where? Everywhere. I love visiting the tombstone right up here in New Uanu of Andrew, uh, Lauren Andrews. Um, Andrew Lawrence. Uh, Lauren Andrews. I don't know which night went now. Um, but I love his tombstone because it, it just reads off like, you know, he was a, he was a, a missionary for 10 years. He was a, uh, a president of a seminary in Lahaina Luna. And, and then he was a, a, a judge. And then at the very end, he says, but his highest honor, his highest honor in life was being a faithful preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no greater honor. There's no higher calling. Saul has a new calling now. And it's not to tear down the name, but it's to carry it. Lift up the name, child of God, brother and sister. Carry the name, not just in this place, everywhere we go. Verse 17, so Ananias departed, entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, I love this, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus has, who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Brother Saul, earlier, this man. Now, Jesus did a work in Ananias, opened his eyes. He's not your enemy anymore, Ananias. He's not your foe. He's your family. If you're truly converted, you're a new creation. You have a new calling, and you have a new family. A new community. Saul has a new family. And he's being affirmed by a brother. I love, I love, I love that this is the first words he gets to hear from a Christian after his conversion. He didn't hear tisks. Oh, that's the guy who killed Stephen. He didn't hear silence and awkward murmurs. He's blind. He couldn't see. You know, when we call each other brother and sister in this place, at least, Lord, help us in this place. And when I say in this place with us as a church, Sundays as a church, let's not let it just be um, a local lingo like, oh, brother. It's not like that. Don't let it just be some hip lingo like, hey, bro. You know, that, 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 that's not, no. Like, when, when, when I look at you, when you look at me, like, we're, I'm praying that these words get redeemed. Like, for us, like, brother, sister. And it has so much depth and meaning because we realize you're a miracle. You were saved by the same grace that I'm saved. And whatever we thought separated us, it's, it's all torn down. You're my brother. That's a, that's a good Good news to, to teach nowadays in this generation. Conversion, we're reconciled to God. 
And then he decides to bring us into a family. That's wild. That's way more than we deserve. When I get texts from you guys or we get to go, I, get, I got to go have lunch with a brother this week. There's a sense now the Lord is really, wow, I get the honor of sitting and having a meal with a brother in Christ. How do we look at each other? Do we see each other like this as new creations? Or are we still regarding each other according to the flesh? If Ananias still had his hang up on, but he is or but he did, there's no way he would have gone over there. Lord, help us. Forgive us if we have looked at anyone less than a new creation in Christ. So I'm imagining Ananias over there, no longer with this bitterness, just awe, affection, love, to affirm this new Christian. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. You know, you do the word study, it, it's like fish scales. It's a, it was an actual thick, husky thing. There was like a, just a, a physical impairment right there for his eyesight fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. What an amazing moment for Saul to see, right? Oh, how sweet the sound. Not only am I spiritually, the eyes of my heart, Ephesians 1, I can see, I can see with my eyes. I can see who's calling me Brother Saul. I'm just imagining when, when God granted Saul his eyes, just how the whole world looked different. When you're converted, everything is different. I don't surf like I used to surf before. I don't just do these quick stretches and jump in and just charge waves. I get to the beach and I see the sun and the sand and the, the, the waves and it's just like you created us all. Even the mushy waves, you created that. And if you wanted to just speak perfect, glassy, three to five foot, do it. Lord, amen. It's just different now. You don't see people in a lineup that's in your way. You see souls that are searching for some sort of security. And you care about random people. Everything looks different. Does it? That's the question. And he regained his sight. And he rose and he was baptized, taking food and was strengthened. I want to point out some things here. Because Saul is, going, is continuing continuing to be strengthened in Christ, and he does it by joining a church. I point that out. I want you to see this because he was baptized. When we study baptism, and for any of us, anyone who's wanting to join the church or anything like that, that's one of the questions we ask. Have you been baptized? Because this is one of the ordinances, one of the ordained things our Lord has told, commanded us at the Great Commission. Go, therefore, make disciples, baptize them. It is the front door into the church. He is formally taking this covenant, this serious commitment, and with drama, plunging, and being risen up, he's proclaiming the life, death, and resurrection. Saul is a new creation. He has a new calling. And he's saying, I'm in this family. Dunk me, Ananias, or whoever did it. Let's make this known. Can you imagine how wild that must have been on the headlines in Damascus? Terrorist comes to town, gets baptized. Holy moly, that is the power of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
God help us, give us faith to believe in this gospel. And, he, and, 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 and it's amazing. I just, look at this. So a believer helps him with his eyesight. Oh, before that, a, I'm assuming Judas is a believer. He's letting this guy pray in his house. But a, a believer houses him. A believer helps him with a physical need. A believer is feeding him. I love, I love. Don't you think Jesus could have did all this on the road to Damascus? Jesus could have healed his eyes the next day. Right? Jesus could have sent an angel to give him food. Right? The Lord could have did it, used any, anybody. Ananias, Judas, whee, wake up. I got some stuff for you guys to do. You ready, Damascus Church? I'm bringing the worst, the uttermost, the most awkwardest of sinners to your front door. You ready, church, to love on this man? Oh, what a church. Saul was strengthened in Christ by joining a gospel-centered church. This was a gospel community. These believers not only preached sound doctrine, they were embodying it. I just I love I loved imagining that meal after Saul got his sight. You know, living in that house for three days, wondering what Judas will look like, and then, oh, wait, which one is which? Are you Ananias or are you Ananias? You know, I just, again, just, just eating food and Ananias and Saul, just all of them sitting there and looking at each other like, bro, I would have never thought we'd be eating together. Man, when I heard you was coming to town, I thought you was going to lick me, bro. You know, I was thinking. And then, and then the other guy, Judas, being like, nah, you know, when you came to town and I saw you walking in, I was short, bald, and blind. I was like, I could take you. You know, like just imagining their conversation and just, just, just enjoying that community and that fellowship, that grace. It's, it's an amazing thing. But I do want to mention this before we close, that I think part of the humbling process for Saul, because he, he was coming in all pomp and prideful and pious and religious, and God had to really humble this man. And one of the ways in which he humbled him, not only by that personal first encounter with Christ on the road, right? He blinded him, knocked him off the horse, or... That's just a picture in my mind. Um, but then he's also humbling Saul by helping him realize, no, you need to be ministered by believers. You need to be ministered to by other believers. And Paul will go on later to write in Galatians chapter 6, carry one another's burdens. Restore one another in a spirit of gentleness. And I wonder if you would have added on the way Ananias and Judas then did for me. Ananias called me brother when he could have said, eh, punk. I don't know why God saved you, but hey, the kind. There was none of that. There was none of that. I don't know in this place where your heart is or how, you know, even if you have been or you are a member of our church, perhaps there's just so much pride in your heart where, one, you don't really spend time in prayer, and two, you don't welcome help from a brother or a sister. It's okay. We're all hurting. We all need help. We all need assistance. We all need help. I need help. We all need help following Christ. And we got to do it together. And our King Jesus will shepherd us through this. It's an amazing, amazing narrative in this text to see how this man gets saved and then God brings him into such an amazing church. And, you know, I, I just saw as I was praying for us and just praying for myself personally, like really wanted to ingest this, like I was so thankful by how 
helped I've been throughout the years at this church. From, from people like an Ananias or a Judas to come alongside me, house me, feed me, help me see. And, you know, that the, the Family Talk podcast, one of the joys that I have in that is I'm sitting across the table talking to, to people who, who, who saw me in those days, you know, and they put up with a young punk like me. And so may God in his glory and his grace just continue to do that here in this place. Um, however, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you tonight. Maybe there is a confusion of conversion. You're not quite sure if you are born again in Christ. Please talk, pray with a brother or sister tonight. Don't, don't leave restless, you know. Um, ask the, like, want to know and settle that you are a new creature. You're a new creation. If, you know, the Lord, ha you know, maybe you've just been resisting your Christian calling. You've been walking the Lord for years. You've never carried the name to a coworker, or a family member, or a neighbor. You've never even thought to. You're you're coward in it. I'm a coward, you know. Like and that's that's where we need help tonight. Lord, help us carry the name. And you get together with some brothers and sisters, and you pray with them for your lost family members or friends. We have a new calling. We're part of a new family, new community. Nu'uanu, pray, pray that the Lord would open our eyes to the wonders and the weightiness of what it means to be a part of the family of God. This is why I want membership to matter. That's why on May 2nd, we have a membership orientation. Come. Even if you're a member, you just want to talk about membership, come. Q&A. We're going to just talk. There's some families who want to join the church, and people, you know, they've been praying about getting baptized, and it's a time to talk as a family and really just, wow, citizens of the kingdom of God, Before I close this in prayer, or we'll, we'll close in prayer a little differently tonight, I'm just going to leave a little bit of a silence. You know, we're, I got five minutes, at least for the time I aim for. I always aim to be wrapped up by that time. But it just with some of these minutes, I just leave some silence and pray. Pray out loud. Pray. If you even want, if you feel like you just, you need help being prayed, praying with someone, I'll encourage you to get up out of your seat and just go sit next to someone. Can, can I pray with you? Maybe there's a specific thing that is just, impressed on your heart right now and you just say, can you pray for this can we pray for this do that i'm just gonna leave some silence um you want to sit by yourself that's fine and then i'll close this up in prayer but um just want us to leave space and wait on the lord for a little bit before we close this this time so as the lord leads god help us to pray humble us as you humbled Saul. And so whether we pray alone or with a brother or a sister or over a brother or a sister right now, Spirit of the living God, show up in power. Let the scales fall from our eyes and help us to see clearly who you are and clearly who the church is. Do this now. I'll just leave some some space for us to pray. Go ahead and do that as the Lord leads.
Behold, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The Spirit of God, it's so strengthening to hear. Brothers and sisters in prayer, the hums of prayer. And Lord, we pray that you would keep us in prayer, even as the evening fades, as we share a meal with one another. Oh, Lord. Please see to it that in your church here in Uwanu, we have a regenerate membership, that we are all in fact new creations, and that we wouldn't be sloppy with our examination. We'd really test ourselves and examine to see if we trust in Christ as our confidence, our righteousness, or if we still are trying to trust in our own ability to save ourselves. Help us to see our sin in our rebellion against you, Lord, as you've shown Saul his sin and rebellion. Blind us if you need. Wake us up. Pursue us. Shake us. Rock our worlds that we might truly come to know that you, Jesus, are the only one who can save. You are the name above all names because you came and you lived the perfect, sinless, righteous life. And you died a horrific death on the cross in our place and you were buried. And three days later, you broke free and ascended. You resurrected and ascended to the right hand of God, Lord. You are alive, Jesus. You are real. And this is the, the gospel that we need to hear. All our souls in this place truly need reconciliation with Christ. Make new creatures, we pray. Give us a new calling, a new purpose, a new name. And give us grace to carry this name, this message to everyone, everywhere. Help us, we pray. And make us a community, a family of grace. Help us to not only talk gospel, but to live it now. We love you. We need your help. Save us. Save our children. Save our families. Save our moms, our dads, our uncles, our aunties. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, have mercy, we pray. Thank you so much for sending Christ. Thank you for conversion. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.